Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Odell is still a free agent. Where, oh, where will he suit up this season? Jimmy G could also be headed to a new team, but why haven't the Niners traded him yet? And uh, much like Wild's hair on a good day, the Russ Let's Ride hype video continues to go viral. Good Wednesday morning, everyone. Welcome to First Things First. Jenna Wolf, Nick Wright, Chris Broussard, the always well-coiffed Kevin Wilds. Brew, you still riding with your guy, Russ? Start with him, end with him, Am all the I way. still riding with Russ? Mr. Unlimited? Yeah. Of course! That's Jenna, that's, let's ride! That's let's ride! Okay. Oh, no. Yeah, I'm rocking so with you. so embarrassing. That enough yes, bass for you? That was so no. much bass, so much chest. All right, we got to start today's show down in Miami. So after a six-month investigation, the NFL found the Dolphins did, in fact, violate the anti-tampering policy on three occasions, from 2019 to 2022, by engaging in conversations with Tom Brady and Sean Payton. As a result, they have been stripped of a first and third round pick, and their owner, Stephen Ross, has been fined and suspended. So Ross released a statement yesterday saying, in part, the independent investigation cleared our organization of any issues related to tanking. With regards to tampering, I strongly disagree with the conclusions and the punishment. However, I will accept the outcome. Nick, I'm going to start with you this morning. What was your reaction to this story? Uh, My reaction is this is vindication because despite what Stephen Ross says, The NFL, I I don't agree with Stephen Ross's statement. I think this was full vindication for Brian Flores. Brian Flores said that they wanted him to meet with an unnamed quarterback. We now know that was Brady. We now know they were going after Brady and Sean Payton repeatedly while those two people were under contract. And what the report says is that Brian Flores was correct, that Stephen Ross mentioned in some roundabout way $100,000 per loss The investigation just determined he was joking, the old joking about, you know, tanking a season. That ha, 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 the old, it's like the chicken crossed the road or, you know, you want 100 grand per loss, whatever. It was a joke. However, Brian Flores is still vindicated. But Brew, you know who's also vindicated? Our pal Ben Volin, Mike Florio, Dan Levitard, and most importantly, me for saying this is a massive story and why isn't every show talking about it all the time? You know what the NFL called it? Unprecedented in its scope and severity. The thirsty Miami Dolphins 
for year after year, were going after people. They Well, they almost got them. And then the Brian Flores lawsuit appears to have blown it up. So I think this is true vindication for Brian Flores. And I think it is obviously a horrible look for the Miami Dolphins. I do agree. I, I think Flores, because the tanking allegations, as you said in the report, there was undoubtedly an atmosphere of tanking created by Stephen Ross, where he told executives the high draft picks are more valuable to us than wins. All right, now, did he give a directive to lose games? No. And Brian Flores, despite that atmosphere being created, clearly didn't try to lose games. He tried to win. He won 19 games with a pretty bad team over the last two seasons. So Flores not only did a great job coaching, but as you said, Nick, I agree he is vindicated. I get why the NFL didn't, you know, rule that they tanked because clearly Flores didn't tank, even though that that atmosphere was created by Ross. But my first thought was, it's true. To your point, the, the climactic plot, the 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 uh, uh, tale that all yes. these writers you mentioned were weaving together, this dramatic story, this narrative that seemed too wild to be true. Like they were just piecing together hearsay and, and speculation and a fact or two here or there. They put it all together and it seemed wild, but it was true. And there are those yes. out there wondering, why didn't Tom Brady get suspended? And, and that thought crossed my mind, too. But then I saw in the collective bargaining agreement, they can't, players cannot be suspended. Players or coaches cannot be suspended for tampering. And you know what, Nick? I'm all right with that. Because I do think, despite their proclamations otherwise, the NFL is harder on players and holds players to a higher standard than it does owners. So in this case of tampering, if they want to hold owners to a higher standard, Wilds, I'm fine with it. So those are my thoughts on this situation. Incredible. As Nick said, the NFL admitted it was unprecedented. It's surprising a bit that it's just, it's, let's keep it real. It's a slap on the wrist to Steven Ross, right? He's suspended for what, about till like mid-October, um, a $1.5 million fine. I get it. A first-round draft pick is valuable. But for what he tried to do, Wilds, it was ultimately just a slap on the wrist. You know you're living large when a $1.5 million fine is considered a slap on the wrist. Like, <laughs> ah, got me for a million five. Ah, what else is going on today? Uh, here's the thing. So Tom Brady of my beloved New England Patriots was tampered with. You would think as the Patriots fan on the show, my blood would be boiling. It's not. I just, I'd be honest with you, Nick, tampering allegations, and I understand they disrupt the competitive balance and create an unfair uh, you know, atmosphere when teams are trying to rebuild their rosters. But because of the long legacy of tampering, and the murkiness of tampering, I just view it as like a a smaller story. I, I know it's a bit it's a big story, but it doesn't get I don't think it gets the average fan riled up. Um, and that goes across all sports. 
And that since Magic Johnson was fined for tampering on Jimmy Kimmel's couch, when, and when Jimmy Kimmel was asking him jokes and he made that big wink, oh, oh the tampering. The Knicks are currently under a tampering investigation <laughs> for fathers talking to their own sons. So it's a, largely a shoulder shrug. And in the NFL, here's the tampering uh, history. April 4th, 1970. Joe Robbie, from the New York Times. Joe Robbie, managing general partner of the Dolphins, violated the NFL's rules against tampering when he hired head coach Don Shula away from the Baltimore Colts. Oh, remember that big story? Like, oh, okay. 2002, the Buccaneers in Parcells tampering. July 2008, Packers think the Vikings tamper with Favre. April 08, San Francisco and Lance Briggs. Then the 49ers tamper with Crabtree. Then the Chiefs tampered with Jeremy Macklin. And then he got Reviskin tampered with. Man, Deion Branson tampered. Belichick said we didn't tamper with Randy Moss. (laughs) It's just tampering. It's just conversations. So it's hard for me to, like, as you lay out this, oh, this dramatic film. Like, no, it Any wasn't. of those other instances involve a Super Bowl winning quarterback. Doesn't get riled up and, about. Hold on. Okay, but here's what they, oh, my God. All right, now I am going to, I was so calm. The, the, all year long, the people in the media have been trying to downplay this story. You now give me a Don Shula and Jeremy Macklin anecdote. Here's what didn't happen in those instances. A Super Bowl champion coach and the greatest player of all time both quit their teams to ostensibly go join the team that was tampering with them. Now, the fact that it ended up blowing up doesn't change the fact that this is a different level. And I agree with Brew. I actually don't really care. Like, I think it's if you're the employee... And a company that's not supposed to talk to you comes and tries to, in the shadows, talk to you. Look out for your own best interest. I have no problem with Brady entertaining these discussions when he was a Patriot or a Buck. Yes. I agree. This should be the pit. That's fine. But that doesn't change the fact that this is the NFL called it unprecedented in its scope and severity, which to Brew's point, I actually feel because the penalties are quite light, you know, they the Miami Dolphins for attempting to acquire Sean Payton and Tom Brady against the rules, paid a smaller price than the Seattle Seahawks paid to acquire Jamal Adams. You know, a first and a third versus two firsts. So I don't think this is going to have some massive chilling effect on the rest of the league. Like, oh my God, if we get caught tampering, they're going to bring the hammer down on us. I agree with that point. But that doesn't change the fact that this is a very unique case because it was it's one thing talking to a free agent early right? That's usually tampering. You're going to be a free agent next year. We'd like you to come sign with us. Let's, you know, work out the parameters of it. It is another thing to try to get two people who are under contract with your competitors to quit their contracts so they can join you when they otherwise would not be able to. And that, by the way, is what happened. Sean Payton stepped down and Brady retired. And then it ended up, you know, Sean Payton didn't go there and Brady went back to the Bucks. But Wilds, isn't that a di- doesn't that make the rules of engagement here a little different than someone trying to get a free agent early? Sure. I, I think that's a fair point. At the same time, do I think that the average fan in the bars and barbershops around the country are locked in? To the machinations of the tampering rules? No. 
I think I think people are ready to watch football and like get into the real season. And I feel like it's a, I don't know. I feel like you are uniquely fired up about it. That I and and I'm not. Let's just say I don't know. Tom Brady. Tom Brady tried to change teams. Hey, and the the, the the Dolphin. Okay. I mean, I don't know. The the, the NFL called it okay. unprecedented. Tom Brady tried to change teams. You know, we're going to get Greg Jennings' take on this. He's going to join us in a little bit. But we got to move on on a Wednesday morning. OBJ, Odell Beckham Jr., still a free agent, but for how long and where will he land? Rams are on the clock. Back after this. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So, to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash FTF. NetSuite.com slash FTF. NetSuite.com slash FTF. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. After defeating Sheamus, the Scottish warrior Drew McIntyre sets his sights on the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. Plus, all the fallout from an action-packed SummerSlam. It's an all-new edition of Friday Night SmackDown, live at 8 Eastern, 7 Central on Fox. Wow. Oh, yeah. Back here talking one of the biggest free agents on the market, Odell Beckham Jr. You know, if you follow OBJ on social... You'll see he's been knee-deep in fatherhood, newborn little baby, absolutely adorable. It's very cute. What we haven't seen him knee-deep in is the playbook of any one particular team. Doesn't have one right now. Fox Bet has odds on where OBJ will take the field when he returns later this season with the Rams as the favorites, followed by the Ravens, the Packers, the Chiefs, Nick, and the Saints. Christopher Broussard, where do you want to see Odell next season? Well, first of all, congratulations to OBJ on the new addition to the family. Um, with the knee injury, Jenna, it looks like he won't be available till October or November. Mids, yeah. I obviously, uh, especially with him coming back, you know, midway through the season, I'd like to see him with a great quarterback on a team with a chance to win the Super Bowl. So I would be fine, honestly, with him on the Rams, the Packers, the Chiefs, any of those teams you'd love to see. Packers wouldn't be bad because 
he would be their number one receiver or he'd be their best receiver, their most talented and probably get the most targets of those few teams. Um, Nick, you saw the Saints on that list. And if he goes to Jameis, then I think even you will start admitting that Jameis could be a dark horse MVP candidate. So I wouldn't mind seeing him there either. But I'll I'll be honest, the one team I most want to see him on is the Buccaneers with Tom Brady. We know he loves Tom Brady. He gave him the goat-haired, goat cleats a few years ago when he was playing in Cleveland. He wants to play with the goat. He can replace Antonio Brown. He'd have a chance to win a Super Bowl. I think that would be a great landing spot for him. I think it'd be an awesome story, uh, a theatrical tale, if you will. So I'd like to see him in Tampa Bay. I- I'm sure you don't, but that's what I want to see him uh, playing for. Well, I-, I didn't even really think of Tampa because I feel like their wide receiver room's pretty full and they just added Julio Jones. So the veteran wide receiver, I know Julio's far older than Odell, but the veteran wide receiver has dealt with injuries the last couple of years. So I wasn't thinking of them. I also don't think it's a great fit with the Chiefs, Wilds, because while the Chiefs mm. did lose Tyree Kill, they have a pretty crowded wide receiver room all of a sudden already, adding MVS, adding Juju, drafting Sky Moore, who they want to get involved. They obviously want to see McCole Hardman can finally live up to his draft status. So there's two teams that stick out to me, and I agree with Brew. I want these to be teams that can go to or win a Super Bowl. So I had been saying the Packers for a long time. I was saying the Packers when they had Devontae. Certainly now the Packers that they don't make a lot of sense. I don't think Odell is going to sign up to play in a cold-weather city. I just don't. I That cold of a weather city. I don't think he's going to sign up to play in the smallest market in the NFL with the worst weather in the NFL. And so I don't think that's going to be the one he chooses. San Francisco, on the other hand, I could see him going with. And I know I am higher on Trey Lance than you guys are. But I think Trey Lance has the poten- is not right now a great quarterback, but obviously has the potential to be a great quarterback. They have Debo, who is a, their best wide receiver and is better than Odell, but he is not used just as a traditional wide receiver. They have Brandon Ayuk, who is awesome if he's your third best receiver. If he's your second best receiver, you're probably trying to improve that area. They could use some speed, and in some of the same ways you use Debo, not on the straight-ahead runs, but on the end of rounds and things like that, we have seen Odell used that way to great success in his career. So I think San Francisco, which could be an excellent team, has a young quarterback that could use guys who can get themselves open, actually makes the most sense even yeah. though they're not one of the leading candidates odds-wise. Not bad. I, li- I like that answer. So I'm going to go down a different route here. And, Nick, I think you bring up a good point about Odell should prioritize or just make it important. The weather and the climate of where he's at, A, because it seem- he seems to like Southern California, B, it's probably good for your knees to be in a warm weather environment. So I, yeah. I understand it's a weather factor. And, Broussard, you talked about playing with the GOAT playing for a championship, that's also important. And with a little dollop of uh, homecoming back to Louisiana. So I think that would be interesting, get back to your LSU roots. But I'm going to say something different. I think Odell should prioritize a team that believes in him. Now, this can be any team. I would personally obviously like it to be the Patriots. I could think it would be really interesting if he hooked up with Lamar. But from a team angle, Broussard, 
This is what I would do. I would treat Odell's contract like the Nets treated Kevin Durant, where there was a big question mark of when you're coming back, how effective you're going to be, how you're going to fit with the team. But you know what the Nets said? Like, we don't care. We want to be in the Kevin Durant business. We know you have an Achilles. We know it's going to take you a long time to recover. We're not sure exactly how you're going to be, but we, we're going to we're going to believe in you and trust that it's going to get done. And if I'm Odell, and I've I had a kind of a rough exit from New York, a rough exit from Cleveland, a rough exit from the Rams. Even though I showed up at Sean McVay's wedding, I'm st- I'm not wanted there. Even though I caught it, I, you know, I got my ring there. It doesn't feel like. I'm on the roster right now. I'm literally not. I would be looking for a team that wanted me. So if I was the Rams or the Patriots, I'd say, you know what, man? I don't even need to see you put anything on film. I trust you. Here's here's a contract right now. It's probably not what you could get long term, but I'm going to give it to you right now. Come be with us. Come tutor our wide receivers. We want. So you're saying a a multi-year deal if you were Odell. to be, I just want to yeah, make sure we are saying yeah. Wilds. You're saying like a two-year deal. I think so. So not just this year. Yes, a two-year deal that the second year is guaranteed on, the, despite coming off the injury. Yes. that's what you're proposing. I think okay. it would be. I think it would probably. Okay. Be, some people would look at it as fiscally irresponsible, but I think it'd be the right move. Look, I don't mind a two-year deal. Uh, I don't know if he'll get that, but when you brought up Kevin Durant, you threw me, because Kevin Durant got a max contract. Kevin Durant is one of the best players to ever play the game and certainly one of the best right now. So I there's I can't put him and Odell Beckham Jr. right now in Couldn't the same walk. sense. Because I'm not giving OBJ a ton of money. I might give him a multi-year deal, but it's not going to be a huge money. I actually don't know if it benefits OBJ to do a multi-year deal. If he comes back and plays great, for whoever, whatever team he goes to, he might be in line for a bigger deal going forward than he could get right okay. now as a two-year deal. Okay. So, I, yeah, I look, and this is the second, hey, Nick, you know this, this is the second uh, ACL injury on the same knee. Hopefully he still it's has concerned. that explosiveness, but there's a question mark there. So we have to see what he has left. So I, I don't think that's going to happen, Wilds. I... I do think Odell has answered, though, a lot of the questions about the disposition and what type of teammate he would be. I thought he was the consummate pro with the Rams, and in their biggest games, he played his best. He was outstanding in the playoff run, and then in the Super Bowl, he looked like he might end up winning Super Bowl MVP before he got hurt. He was having a monster game the first quarter and a half of that Super Bowl before he got knocked out. What I just, real quick, or go ahead, Wilds, go ahead. No, I was, that's, but saying all that, are you surprised that no team has jumped on it right now already? Well, I think right now there is real concern about when he is going to be back. And I think that in the NFL, teams, especially with a hard cap, which the NBA doesn't deal with, teams are incredibly hesitant because it is going to be probably a one-year deal to pay a guy for one year who might not be available all year. It is in when you get hurt in the Super Bowl, it is in play. You miss the entirety of the next season. I think that's why teams have been hesitant, even though I think Odell has handled himself incredibly well here, Jenna. Big question mark with OBJ. Hey, the Russell Wilson Let's Ride hype video. 
It's gone viral, Brew. Keenan Allen with the latest imitation, but is he mocking Russ or is he showing his admiration? First things first, rolling on. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, time now for a little no huddle. Breaking news, Jimmy G still a 49er. It's about as breaking as Nick's fondness for LeBron and Broussard's love of Sam Darnold. But still, 49ers GM John Lynch showing incredible patience, saying, quote, we're going to stay patient through this one. Broussard, laugh it out. Why haven't the Niners traded Jimmy G yet? Yeah, why haven't they, Bruce? All right, Jenna, like you, I'm sure that Nick Wright wants to turn this segment into a mockery. All right, uh, playing the dozens against Brew, and I'm sure he wrote out a bunch of one-liners he's about to share with us in a a minute or so. All right, but I'm going to be serious about this. I'm going to keep it real. The reason Jimmy G hasn't been traded yet is simple, and Kyle Shanahan told us a week or two ago, he's injured. And here's the thing, he's always injured. In his five seasons with San Francisco, he's only had two full seasons, and one of those he missed a couple games last year. All right, now he has led him deep in the playoffs, Super Bowl, NFC title game in those two years, but still, he's injury prone. And Nick, he's injured right now. All right, no, so he's not. that's why teams, why he would a team, well, physical. now he's just, he just got cleared. But I'm saying for most yeah. of the offseason, so he's, not he's been coming off shoulder. Can a brother right. finish? Can a brother finish? Yeah, I, I didn't know. All right. I didn't yeah, know. Go you. ahead. Thank you. All right. All right. 20, why would a team give up $25 million or sign up for $25 million when you think the guy might be hurt? All right. It's not because they don't think he's good, Nick. It's not because they don't think he can win, Nick. They've seen the graphic. All right. They know. They've seen this. They watch the show. They know he's in the top seven all-time winners. I'm expecting the graphic to come up. There it is. Look, they've seen it. All right, so that's why. And here's the thing, too. The Niners have until August 30th before his money comes off the cap or before it's, you know, on the cap. So they got a long time to wait. I think they're thinking, let's see. Let's see if somebody gets, maybe a a quarterback gets hurt in the preseason. Can Maybe go, uh, a team realizes Bro, realizes they don't have enough. a quarterback. Seattle, Pittsburgh, the Giants. Bro, so enough. that's what they're waiting for. They should be waiting for him to be, nope. the, you know, insured. Uh, but that's what uh, they're yeah. waiting for. They should and the hopes and dreams. And here's the, how teams really feel about Jimmy Garoppolo. Let me do a counseling session on it. 
All that is nonsense. Why haven't the 49ers traded Jimmy G? Because no one will trade for him. Is he injured? No, he is not. Is he injury prone? Yes, he is. But right now, this moment, not injured. So you can say this offseason he wasn't traded for because he hadn't cleared a physical yet. But he has now. He has been available and healthy and, and out there throwing footballs. But why haven't they traded him? You can't. A trade means there is someone on the other side of it. And no one wants Jimmy Garoppolo at $25 million. We can argue about the reasoning. But Wilds, we no longer can argue about whether or not it is a statement of fact that in the marketplace has determined Jimmy Garoppolo is not worth $25 million and the marketplace has determined there is not a single professional football team in this league that wants to install Jimmy Garoppolo as their starting quarterback. The marketplace has told us that. Not Nick Wright. Not, not, not pro football talk. Not, not callers into the odd couple. Six to nine or seven to ten Fox Sports Radio. No, the marketplace has told us that nobody wants Jimmy Garoppolo. Can I please get an amen? Broussard? No, he can't. Nick has a point. You better not. I'm That's sorry, you. bro. I want to be on your squad. I want to be on your side. No, you don't. He's got a point. You would think someone would pop up. And you just think Pete Carroll back, all right, how about a fifth-round draft pick? And then he can go start in Seattle where Pete Carroll just wants to hand the ball off anyways, occasionally throw it to DK Metcalf. It's starting to me to feel a lot like Andy Dalton in Cincinnati. We've got our future quarterback. You're going to get released. You're going to end up being the backup to another superstar quarterback. That's not going to work. You're going to go somewhere else, and that might not work. And now all of a sudden you're like yes. backing up Jameis in New Orleans. I'm I'm a little bit nervous that that is the trajectory. And the graphic might you don't say. not have very many more wins to add to it. I'm sorry. It feels like a betrayal. It's just a ma- Yeah, it is, Wilds. And, I, and I'll, it'll come back. I'll get, ba- get you back at some point. <laughs> but look. Nick, it's amazing how much energy you have on this for Jimmy G. But when no one wanted Baker Mayfield at less money, you lost 18 million. Oh, you were yelling. No, I didn't lose it because he he literally paid a team to take him. Now, if Jimmy G's gonna pay somebody to take him, then he could get traded. And he's he's no, he's what's gonna happen. Is the team's going to wait until the Niners cut him, just like it would have been the case with Baker, less money and then Baker they'll take got. him. Now, what if the Steelers, what if Trubisky doesn't look good with the Steelers? Kenny Pickett's not what ready. If? Oh, Who I knows? like that landing spot for Jimmy G. I like it. I like okay, it great. a lot. I'm Pittsburgh. sure you do. You like a lot of landing spots for Jimmy and G. I think Unfortunately, likes too, but air he, traffic I, control in all of those cities has said, <laughs> nope, not clear for landing. Bruce's like, we got a great landing spot. And the guy on the tower in Pittsburgh's like, no, you don't. No, you don't. He's like, all right, what about Seattle? It looks like that runway's clear. And the beat girl's like, no, you don't. No, you don't. Do not land yeah. here. The Giants. Can't do it. The so Giants you like are all interested. these things. But you keep... Jenna, he keeps bringing up Baker. Here's like the, the facts. Giants. Baker and Jimmy both had off-season surgeries. Baker, once healthy, was traded. 
Jimmy G, now healthy, no one will trade for him. And Brew keeps talking about Baker giving some money back, which he did. Jimmy's about to give back all $25 million because when you're cut, it goes from $25 million to zero. That's what's happening here. Jimmy's we don't know it. Now can we prone. please get to Baker's making fun not. of Russell Wilson? Please, thank Make you. Making fun? <laughs> yeah. Jimmy's not going to be happy. Money's cut. Oh, the AFC West is going to be a must-see this season. You got to see this from Chargers camp this week. Wide receiver Keenan Allen. So he was mic'd up, and he was overheard poking a little fun at Broncos quarterback Russell Wilson. Take a look. Both fan. That's right. Both fan. That's right. Russ. <laughs> Both fan. That's right. Both fan. That's right. Both fan. That's right. Mike Duck, that's right. <laughs> Ellis Moon, though. That's right. Did you hear that, Nick? <laughs> he oh, he yeah. did that for uh-huh. a while. I heard it. Uh, wilds, Wilds. Should Russ view yeah. this as a, as, a, as a compliment? Here's the thing, Jenna, and this is a very serious story. When we have Eric Mangini on this show, Nick, you know what he says a lot? You need a player to be a force multiplier. And when Tom Brady went to the Bucs, he was a force multiplier. Not only did the offense play better, the defense played better. The special teams played better. The whole organization got better because of Tom Brady. That's what a force multiplier is. That's what Russell Wilson is too. Not only is he making the Broncos offense better, Not only is he going to make the Broncos' defense better in the entire organization, he's starting to affect the division. Keenan Allen probably went out there and had a heck of a day on the training camp field because he felt, oh, let's ride. And I know you're going to push back. Do you know that let's ride has become a college anthem as well? The college kids have taken let's ride and rolled with it. Take a listen. Mountaineer Nation, let's ride. Mountaineer Nation, let's ride. Gamecock Country, let's ride. Gamecock Country, let's ride. Our Nation, let's fly. One more time. Our Nation. See, and Russ has co-signed all of this, Nick. So you might think he's being mocked because it's not the coolest hype video in the world. He's not throwing behind-the-back passes like Patrick Mahomes. But what he is doing, making the Broncos better, probably making the Chargers better, okay. making all those college kids I, better too. It's a force multiplier. Yep. I'm yep. glad you keep bringing up multiplication and force multipliers. And I know this isn't a math show, but this is pretty basic. You know what happens when you multiply a negative? It just becomes a bigger negative. So yes, you are right. Russell's corniness is force multiplying across all of the football world and has now infected the college kids. Shout out to Keenan Allen, by the way. And our great social team, put this on social fuel because Keenan and I, you know, had a bit of a rift because I called him the 14th best receiver in football after he after he said Mahomes <laughs> was going to get exposed or implied it. You know what? This commentary right there, it's a little poking at Russell Wilson. Keenan, 12th best now. He's been upgraded. He's well, still behind. Cup Devontae Tyree. Works. Nuke, Chase, Justin Jefferson, 
Diggs, AJ Brown, Debo, Mike Evans, and DK Metcalf. But number New 12, algorithm. Keenan Allen. As Brew would say, that moxie, that swagger, that jumps you ahead of, you know, the guys I had. He was behind Odell before. Odell got hurt. Terry McLaurin had some say about it. You know, he jumped ahead of him. There he is. Number 12 best receiver in football and a guy who I like the moxie. I like it. Good job, Keenan Allen. Here's the thing, though, Nick. You're misreading Keenan Allen again. You misread him when you ranked him 14th, and you're misreading him. You've heard it. We've all heard it. Imitation is the greatest form or the most sincere form of flattery. He is not mocking Mr. Unlimited. He's trying to get his team going just like Russ has got the Broncos going. He's trying to be, as Wild said, a force multiplier. Have you seen the headlines out of uh, Denver? They're all, all the players are talking about how Russell Wilson has already become the leader of the team. And that was months ago, right, right after he's traded. That This guy's already become the leader. Well, yeah, Cortland so. Sutton said people who were in Denver with Peyton Manning, who are still there, are saying it's the same impact. The same juice Ooh. is the word Sutton used that Manning right. brought to the franchise. Russell Wilson has brought to the franchise. Okay. Nick, I, look, there's still that a little change before the so season what? begins. I said it with Jameis, and I'm saying it with Russ. You can jump no, on the no. bandwagon and stop dissing Mr. Unlimited. Can I? Okay, Let's I'm ride. not going to. Cortland Sutton liking Russ does not mean Keenan Allen wasn't making fun of him, for the record. That's right. Does he clearly wasn't. You heard hey, him um, say it was smooth. That's smooth. <laughs> Kevin Durant's got a busy week coming up. Big meeting on the docket. We'll tell you what's happening. We'll oh. weigh in after the break. First things first. Talking Kevin Durant this morning. KD requested a trade way back in June, remember? It's now August, and it doesn't feel like he's any closer to being traded. And now a report that KD is going to sit down with Nets owner Joe Tsai for a meeting that could provide some clarity on the whole situation. Will they reconcile? Will they break up? Isn't that always the relationship question, Brew? I ask you, what should Durant say in this meeting? It's simple, Jenna. He should walk in there and say, Joe. Remember that text I sent you several weeks ago requesting a trade? Forget about it. I'm back. All right, and here's why I'm back, Joe. Because you (laughs) believe. Say that. All right, you gave me a max contract when I was going to miss the first full season of that max deal with an Achilles injury. You then you gave me a max extension. When I only played 90 games over the last two years because you believed. And you know what, Joe? You know what these last several weeks have told me? These other teams don't believe. They don't believe like you do, Joe. Oh, you don't want to break up your core. I am a core. I'm Kevin freaking Durant. I'm a core. I make you a contender by myself. You don't want to give up young (laughs) stars for me. They're not going to ever be what I am. 
And so, Joe, that's true. I am rocking with the Nets this year. I got a locked-in Kyrie Irving on one side. I got a chip on his shoulder, Ben Simmons on the other side. I got the bubble baller, TJ Warren, coming off the bench. The Australian (laughs) assassin, Patty Mills, got my back. Joe, let's run it back and bring a title to Brooklyn. That's That's what he should say. Wow, I mean, well, I mean that was passionate. Really, that's what I mean. I mean, I mean, this is we can, I didn't know the show had entered into like that's a mic drop. You got nothing scenarios, to say, but I you liked got it. Nothing to no, say. I liked it. The problem is all of the reasons for Kevin Durant to stay that you listed existed when he demanded the trade, except for one. The acquisition of quote bubble baller tj warren that's the only fact on the ground that has changed in the last five and a half weeks or five weeks other than i guess you could say durant being upset the rest of the league is not as eager to trade for him however i want to talk about because i don't think durant's gonna retract his trade demand i think Woj and shams have made it very clear he has not moved one inch on that, so I don't know what the meeting's going to happen. My guess is what he's going to say to Josiah is, I'm not bluffing. You you need to take the best available offer because I don't want to play for the Nets anymore. But Wilds, I want to pull back the curtain just a bit because I want to read you a section from this okay. article. Because when this got brought up in our morning meeting, because it's not from Woj or Shams, but it's from a longtime NBA writer, Steve Bullpet is I think how you pronounce his name, Uh, Some of us weren't as familiar with the guy. And Brew was like, no, no, no. Steve worked in Boston. No, Steve, like, you know, this is a good basketball journalist. He's just not working for the major outlets at the moment. Said, okay. Like, oh, so Brew's got a relationship with the guy who wrote the story. I want to read you some quotes at the end of this story from one of Steve's sources. And tell me if it reminds you of anyone. Quote, I wouldn't trade him. The hell with it. He signed the deal. The hell with it, right? I don't see KD being a hardline guy. They can't get a deal done. He's just going to say bleep it, and he'll play, and he'll play hard like he always does. If Brooklyn wants to be good now, the fastest way is KD and Kyrie and Simmons playing together. With anything else, you're pretty much scrambling. So here's my question to you, Wilds. Do you think Brew was Steve's second don't source? Don't even say it. Do you think Brew was? <laughs> do you think Brew was like, let me tell you. I knew let you me tell going. you right now. <laughs> let, me, let me tell you what they should that do. That sounds like because Jerry West not, to me. That sounds like Jerry <laughs> West yeah. to me. Or, or okay. one, of the great, one of the great executives in the league. That's who that sounds like to me. But I, what I will tell you, all joking aside, Wilds, in I don't want to. I obviously vehemently disagree with Brew about where this is ending. But what that quote does tell you is there are people in the NBA because that was a front office executive who told him that. They, it's obviously a synonymous front office executive. There are people in the NBA who see this situation like Brew does. That the Nets should say not doing it. Now I don't think that's tenable. But clearly, since that quote could have been from Chris Broussard and instead it was from a front office executive, there are people that think that the Nets should just hold the line and KD will fold. That KD's not going to no-show, KD's not going to sit in, sit out, that stuff. He'll show up and play, and therefore they shouldn't trade him. Okay, that I totally buy that. It makes sense. I also agree that KD is not wired to sit out the season. But the question I have for you is this, Brew. Obviously, he'll play. He'll play hard. 
But don't you think that an unhappy KD, a KD who has expressed that he doesn't want to be there, could not go the extra mile? Like there was an article that was trending on Twitter. It's called Quiet Quitting Your Job, where you do your job, but you just don't do the extra project. You don't like go to like, hey, there's cake in the conference room. Like I'm not going to get cake in the conference room. So like Royce O'Neal, when he got signed with the Nets, said Patty Mills reached out to him. And I think he talked to Ben but there was no reference to talking to KD. So do you feel like, yeah, he'll play. Yeah, he'll show up. Yeah, he's there for media day. But the tiny things that it takes to become a championship team, he might just not have, uh, you know, the energy for. The energy just, for. He's yeah. not all in. Right. He's, yeah. he's, 80, he's 92%. I hear you. Well, I hear you, and that's legit. And, and look, I don't know. I think he should say what I said. He should say, look, let's run it back. I don't know what he's going to say. I think we will get clarity, hopefully, uh, after this meeting because he'll either say, as Nick said, you know, look, I still want to be traded, so let's get this done. I'm not going to be happy if I'm not. Or he's going to say, like I said, let's run it back. We we'll, we'll, should get clarity. I think if the Nets don't trade him, though, without a retraction, I think they want to try to convince him. Like, if he comes back and if Kyrie's locked in and if Ben is playing and he's playing well, I think the Nets feel like maybe that will win him over. All right, because we've seen, God, look, there's no place outside of Golden State or Boston and neither of those deals may happen that he could go and definitively have a better chance of winning than he has right now in Brooklyn. And so I think they feel like, look, let's bring him back. They know he, he's a guy that's moody, all right? He can feel different ways on different days. So I think if they bring him back, Nick, it is with a sense of will eventually convince KD. The atmosphere, once the season then- gets going, once we look pretty good, we'll convince him to at least give it one more shot this year. And that, to me, is our fundamental disagreement. I think the only hope they have of having a successful season with Kevin Durant involved is if Kevin Durant retracts his trade demand. Where where you and I fundamentally disagree is in your hypothetical next-year net scenarios where you lay out the things that would have to happen and then compete for a championship. So much of it is we're moving on not only from the vaccine issues of last year, but all, for lack of a better term, of the terrible vibes of last year, of Harden quitting and Kyrie being in and out and the general unhappiness of the team. I do not think that if you go into this year where your best player is adamant, I don't want to be here, you have any chance of a successful year. I I don't think Kyrie will be on the behavior you're talking about if Kevin Durant's unhappy. I don't think Ben Simmons is going to react to that situation well. I don't think Nash is going to be able to corral it. I think their only hope of having a successful year with Durant is if Durant isn't there, you know, under protest. I think if Kevin Durant is playing under protest, the season is over before it begins. That's So that's the fundamental disagreement there, Jenna. 
Let's see what comes out of this meeting. Kevin Durant and Joe Tsai. We'll see if he is going to retract this trade request. Um, all right, we are moving on. We have some sad news to pass along from the baseball world. Legendary Hall of Famer Dodgers broadcaster Vin Scully has passed away at the age of 94. Scully entertained and informed Dodgers fans both in Brooklyn and Los Angeles for 67 years with some of the most iconic calls in sports history. He was the best there ever was, said Clayton Kershaw after hearing the news. Here's Vince Scully in his own words from his final broadcast back in 2016. You and I have been friends for a long time, but I know in my heart that I've always needed you more than you've ever needed me. And I'll miss our time together more than I can say. But you know what? There will be a new day and eventually a new year. And when the upcoming winter gives way to spring, oh, rest assured, once again, it will be time for Dodger baseball. So this is Vin Scully wishing you a very pleasant good afternoon, wherever you may be. Saturday, Baseball Night in America on Fox. Aaron Judge leading the juggernaut Yankees as they face off against the Cardinals. Or you may see Reds, Brewers, and an NL Central showdown. It is all fantastic baseball. Tune in for the action Saturday, 7 Eastern on Fox. All right. We head down to Miami to close out the show after a six-month investigation. The NFL found the Dolphins did, in fact, violate the anti-tampering policy on three separate occasions from 2019 to 2022 by engaging in conversations with Tom Brady and Sean Payton. And as a result, they have been stripped of a first and a third round pick, and their owner, Stephen Ross, has been fined and suspended. Ross released a statement yesterday saying, in part, the independent investigation cleared our organization and any related any issues related to tanking with regards to tampering. I strongly disagree with the conclusions and the punishment. However, I will accept the outcome. Nick, what was your reaction to the story? Well, I disagree with Stephen Ross. I don't think he, this ruling does anything other than vindicate what Brian Flores said. I think this ruling confirms that Brian Flores was telling the truth. Now, we can argue about whether Stephen Ross was joking or not when he offered $100,000 per loss to the coach, but and that's their contention, but it doesn't seem to be in dispute that that type of offer was made, whether it was in jest or not, I guess, you know, people can argue about, and that they were tampering with Tom Brady. And I obviously, Brew, have thought all summer this is a massive story that you have the greatest football player ever surprisingly retire from a team without explanation, and now we know it's because a team that for three years had been working to acquire him back when he was on the Patriots was going to bring him into the organization in some capacity, and a former Super Bowl champion head coach also surprisingly leaves his job seemingly for the same reason. Here's, the to me, the secondary angle to it, though. When those are the allegations, those allegations are proven to be true. The, t the league calls it unprecedented in severity and scope. And then the penalty is only a first and a third, a right. million bucks and a you know, short <clears throat> suspension. I, I do wonder you know, if it's somewhat similar to where, and we all have kids, if we call one of our kids in and said, this is the most egregious uh, betrayal of trust, I, I can't believe you did this. 
you are grounded for next weekend and no iPad for a week. Or if the kid's going to be like, oh, that's the worst thing I could do and that's the punishment? I do wonder if the rest of the league's like, okay, so for a multi-year Tom Brady, Sean Payton tampering, the worst penalty is going to be a yeah. first-round pick? So I wonder if it almost is licensed for the you know, the non-felony level tampering, if this is the harshest punishment that you could ever dole out for tampering. You're absolutely right, Nick. It, it was a slap on the wrist. Now, I, I'm not going to say that first round pick isn't valuable. We know how valuable those can be. And they're in a situation where they want to see what Tua can do. He's got all the weapons. The offensive sure. line is improved, and we know about the skill position. If he doesn't get it done, they're going to want to draft a quarterback next, you know, next draft, and that may hinder their ability to do so now that they've lost that first-round pick. But when you painted the scope of what was done, if they had been able to get Tom Brady and Sean Payton, and this is the only price you pay, a first and a right. third and uh, a well $1.5 million dollar fine for a billionaire? Exactly. And here's another ramification of this wilds that really hasn't been discussed maybe at all brian flores a coach who by all means did a, a very good job right he stunned people with the winning that he did in miami when a lot of people knew they were trying to lose and they just didn't have that talented of a roster they won 10 games two years ago nine games last year he loses his job He's fired, okay, because of this whole scenario. I mean, I'm not sure. I get it. He wasn't a big Tua fan, so maybe that would have caught up with him. But I don't know that he loses his job if Stephen Ross doesn't, you know, concoct this cockamamie scheme to go after Sean Payton. And so that is something else that that is a product of this story uh, that's not been talked about, and it's very important. So. Nick, you're right. It's a slap on the wrist. When you look at all the, the tentacles of it, it should have been a lot harsher punishment. Now, there are some wilds wondering, well, why didn't Tom Brady uh, get, get suspended? That, that crossed my mind, too. I wondered that as well. But in the CBA, the collective bargaining agreement, players and coaches cannot be punished for tampering. And you know what, wilds? I'm cool with that. I'm all right with that because I think the NFL, despite what it says, despite what's written in its constitution, I think it holds players to a higher standard than owners. I think that's shown in the way they deal with players and owners when they both run afoul of the league's policies. And so if they want to just punish owners for tampering, then I'm good with that. Yeah. Yeah, I also think it would be hard to enforce in as many social gatherings of that sort of the, you know, the upper crust of the NFL is in. Like Tom Brady has personal relationships with one of the people in the um, Dolphins organization. Like, is he allowed to talk to that guy? Is he allowed to talk about his future? No is he allowed to talk about football? I, I think that's challenging. Sure. We see it in other sports too, where the Knicks are currently under, under a tampering investigation because of Jalen Brunson's relationship with Rick Brunson and Leon Rose's relationship with his own son, who represents uh, Jalen Brunson. So it's just odd, and it's hard to, I don't know, I think it's hard to enforce, Nick, 
And I, I, we saw, we see it in other sports with like when Magic Johnson got uh, fined for tampering from Jimmy Kimmel's couch. I just, I'm surprised sure, that but- the league has finally like dropped the hammer on this, and they must have had some real like conclusive evidence since. Well, it they, seems had, to be I think they had the real evidence. So I, and I give the league credit for doing a real investigation and unearthing real evidence. And like I said, I think it vindicates Brian Flores. But I think we all are smart enough to recognize there's different levels and severities of tampering. So like to use the cross-sport analogy, with Jalen Brunson, it's like, okay, this guy is going to be a free agent. The Knicks have been you know, very clearly preparing for this along with Donovan. And th- did they talk to him early through relationships they have, some of which are legitimate, literal family relationships? Yes. Okay, that's one level. But to st- stick with the NBA, if it came out that what happened with Kevin Durant's trade demand was that Robert Sarver, the owner of the Suns, met with Durant or his representation and said... We will do X, Y, and Z for you if you can find your way here. And that's why he demanded a trade. And in fact, he told the Nets, you can only trade me there. That's hugely problematic. And that's why I think the NFL was so galled by what the Dolphins did. It was, it's one thing. And tell me if you agree, Brew. I think they're tampering with Brady when he was approaching his final year in New England probably doesn't bother people that much. When the whole world understands right. Tom Brady is probably moving on from New England after this, after this season, that yeah. the Dolphins wanted to do what they could to get in the pole position of the Brady free agency is, to, in my opinion, very different than when Brady is not a free agent, when he has gone to a new team, when he's under contract trying to coerce Brady into retiring so he can then come join your team and eventually play for you. Those, to me, are very different levels of tampering. And they seem, the Dolphins seem to just continually up the ante in their pursuit of Hall of Famers at the two most important spots, the quarterback and the head coach. Yeah, that's a good point. They are different different levels. Um, and look, tampering, right, Wild, you're right in that Guys have relationships all over the leagues or these various leagues we're talking about. Michael Jordan has players from other teams signed to his Jordan brand. Okay, some of these guys are friends, whether they're friends with executives, former players who are now GMs, uh, owners. You're going to have that. But it also isn't that difficult. I can hang out with Michael Jordan if I'm a player. That doesn't mean we have to talk about me going to his team. And I get it. It's going to happen. And the, the, the leagues can't, you know, they can't, uh, they can't police that. Litigate but I, I do think yeah. where you do find tampering, you should come down on it because the, we know the NFL wilds more than maybe any league values parity. That's one thing Nick Saban said that was right. They sure. do tr- give every team the opportunity to compete and they value that competition and parity. And this flew in the face of that and they gave Stephen Ross a slap on the wrist because of it. I just talked to Stephen A. Smith yesterday and now I feel guilty. I feel like maybe I did something I shouldn't do. Hey, Undisputed starts right now. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a great day, everyone. <laughs>